It's fucking gross, man. Thanks for signing up. <laughs> it is July 16th, 2021. Year of our Zelda Skyward Sword HD is out today. Oh. Uh, yeah, your host this week, myself, Lee, and Reed. Hi. And we're in the flesh, yeah. sounding echoey. Uh, when I say the flesh, I mean the phlegm. As we've both partaken. You specifically mean the movie, what was it called, where a bunch of people had an orgy and merged into one another? What? Yes, there was this, it was a body horror movie. It was called... No, no shit. It was called... The uh, Flesh. I'm not going to use a, <clears throat> my work PC here to search up body horror, people had sex merged into one person <laughs> today. Uh, but we've had Dairy Queen Burgers, uh, which has resulted in The Flames. The, the fast food phlegms. You've got, like, the noisiest chair possible. It's so creaky. Okay, you know what? You're I'll, such a... You're such a... There. A wiggler, you know? There. I, you know what? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll scoot up on the edge, and you, like, yeah. wiggle. You can't hear Me, fuck. Meanwhile, I'm, like... Uh, I'm editing the thing. I'm, like, what what is that noise? And I have to understand now that you're just sitting in your chair fucking vibrating all the goddamn time. Uh, I just realized that we started the show... Uh, without me actually going through and getting the news things I wanted. So I'll look through that while you talk about what you've been playing. But uh, in the meantime, it is the 73rd episode of Public Beta Podcast. We're going to get down to some Mass Effect 3 talk. But first, let's talk about the Flamethrower Burger. <laughs> and how Dairy Queen's burgers are maybe better than Burger King's burgers. What do you mean maybe? I think definitively. I, I think they are. I the think as far as fast food burgers go, I yeah. think Dairy Queen might be the best. That's, cra that's crazy. What's better? Well, you're saying fast food isn't chain, chain food. We're not talking about mom and pops and fat boys. And no, like, I wouldn't consider, like, Five Guys or Fat Burger, like, <clears throat> fast, fast food. food. This flamethrower is, is absolutely killing me. Like, but, I'll be talking, and then I just feel this bubble come but I feel like, throat. But I feel like if you're comparing Dairy Queen to, uh, you know, Burger King, McDonald's, sure. Taco Bell, yeah. uh, a and I think, yeah, Dairy Queen is the best burger. Well, the thing is, the fancier the burger at a lot of these fast food places, the worse it is. So, like, for Wendy's, yeah. the, the cheapest burger is the best the, when you get up to the Dave's uh, triple, uh, whatever, triple uh, XL yeah, yeah. bypass, airtight, honorary <laughs> cloggers. The uh, that's uh, that's no good. Anyway, enough talk about burgers. We're here to talk about video games. Ah, read. What have you been playing? Uh, I got to lean forward the chair. Um, of course, I've been playing Mass Effect Three. I of course I was like, God damn it, I need to pick this game back up. So I played a good solid ten hours since the last episode, basically. Um, so I got to get into it more obviously later about the specifics of that. Uh, but needless to say, there's already fucking signs of fuckery going on in this game where oh. works. Uh, where you're just like, oh, son of a bitch, like this is not gonna turn out or be as important as I thought it was going to be. Well, which is what people have been warning you the whole time. Yes. And, yeah. But now that I see it actually happening in real time, it's even lower than what I expected. Wow. Even with those warnings. Um, yeah. So my whole thing this whole time has been people complain about the ending and that all of my choices basically come down to rock, paper, scissors at the end of the game. Uh, but, but I like to say that, well, the choices and what they mean for your ending of the game to me was never important because the game does have to end and they can't write infinite endings for everyone. They can do the fallout approach, yeah. which would be, hey, you decided to do this, this, and this. So there'll be a mention of it at the end of the game. If you didn't do it or you did something differently, we can change that ending. So it's like that Animal House slideshow of like, where are they now? Uh, Garrus retired and became, yeah, like yeah. whatever it is. Uh, they didn't do that in Mass Effect. So people were, I think, more upset about that in a bubble. What they don't understand, like what, what you said, you're like, oh, so the Rachni are back and we had a little thing with them. And uh, I hope they come back at the end of the game. I'm like, nobody. Like, that, that's it. And, <laughs> that's it. And yeah. furthermore, not only is that disappointing from a story perspective, because yeah. it's one of the two big decisions, I would say, Mass Effect 1. Kill the Council and do you save or... Uh, do you save or kill the Rack Knight? Those yeah. are the two big decisions. The Rex thing. Yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah. So the like the Rack Knight thing, especially because Mass Effect 2, you meet one of their envoys who's like the Rack Knight Queen wants you to know that she's doing great and she's gonna help you out whenever you need it. And you're like, yeah. great. She wants to return the yeah. favor. So in my head, in my head, I'm like, man, you know, that's probably gonna make a big difference in the war with the Reapers. Like, I'm probably gonna get a whole army of Rack Knight because it's like this big decision that's played across three games now. You get to Mass Effect 3, and Got it. I have to save this for the... You know what? I'm going to save it for, for the end of the show. Sure. What else have you been about, playing? About the whole <clears throat> set bullshit. Um, so besides that, I've been playing uh, New Vegas, and I finally got Dead Money done. Uh, sure. I think I started to talk about it at the beginning of last episode, or if not, 
Uh, I might have just got it done in a single weekend, but it was a fa fairly short uh, jaunt. I wanted it to be even a little bit shorter, honestly. Sure. Um, it was a very interesting atmosphere and concept, a kind of like a survival horror uh, weird thing for Fallout. Um, like I've said, for uh, Honest Hearts, my feelings still kind of stay the same, which is I like playing New Vegas for the New Vegas stuff. Once we start going into like the wacky or stuff that doesn't seem like it necessarily mingles with the main story or vanilla New Vegas, uh, it throws me off, especially like Old World Blues. I know love people love that, and for good reason. It's very well written. It's very funny. There's a there's a lot of content and everything, but it's just so like completely far removed and different from New Vegas and what I like out of that game that I I prefer just vanilla New Vegas still compared to all these DLCs. Yeah, like uh, when in the context of when it came out, you have Honest Hearts, which you also played. Yeah, uh, which all which ties itself in to the main plot of the game. Kind where those of. other ones are really just like here's more content. You built a character. Yeah, go have a little fun adventure with them. Yes, exactly. That is, you can actually stop thinking about all the faction shit for a second. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I guess that is an advantage to it in in a sense. Um, so, but I was really happy to be done Dead Money and go back into the Mojave and just you know kill the fiends. Like, because I'm, like, level sure. 30 now, and I have, like, the best perks, and I have Shotgun Surgeon and stay back. So just with the hot hunting shotgun, you go into the Fiend territory, and anybody that comes near you blasts them from, like, 200 yards away with a shotgun, and you're just fucking them up. It's hilarious. Uh, so, yeah. You should mention with Fallout, uh, Revelation, the other day, is that we, we started to do the thing you don't really do in Fallout, is start to dig into what is the state of the world of Fallout. Right, so the right. timeline is like 250 years now between all these games that we know of. Uh, and the whole thing is just like, well, what happened to China? What happened to, to South Africa? What happened to uh, Russia, et cetera, uh, during these times? And we yeah, you found some flavor text there, which I'm assuming is maybe from the tabletop or or or, or really Fallout One, or, yeah, Fallout One or Fallout Three or, or some some yeah. small piece, uh, and it's a dumb explanation, but it is an explanation. I say it's that dumb. It's, it's just that USA and China, USA and China bombed everybody. Yeah, I think they also said that like other nations that did have access to bombs also set them off. It was mm. more. It's heavily implied that it was an entire world-spanning post-apocalyptic mm. event. This is also further enforced, by the way, in Mothership Zeta in uh, Fallout 3. If you look out onto Earth, like, the entire world is scorched. Hmm. It's not just America or Canada or North America, to be precise. So Yeah, because we always figure, like, society needs to move on at some point. They need to, and there's, like, little pockets, but they usually end up being evil. Uh, trying to get right, <laughs> but that's why I love New Vegas over like Fallout Three or Four is because these factions uh, feel like they've been there for a long time. They're they have like their ankles dug into the ground if they establish different things. Whereas if you're in Three, it feels like pretty fresh out of the apocalypse, even though you're 200 years ahead and all that stuff. Anyway, uh, besides that, I've been playing Fallout Four, but I've pretty much only been doing the the like the building in that. I mean, that's. Yeah, when most people go back to that game, that's what they end up doing, is just focusing on the... There's a lot you can do. There's there's a ton. You know you can infinitely add stuff to camps? Do you know about that? Well, yeah, if you have yeah. mods and everything. Nope, like that. mods aren't required. It's actually a, a thing in-game you can do. It's like a thing you can... You, like, put certain things down and then pick them up in a certain way, and it uh, expands how much stuff you can put in your camp right. eternally. That's... Seems like an overly complicated way of just installing a mod. I, I'm making it sound. I'm making it sound more difficult on, than this. Because yeah, even yeah. on consoles, you can just. Install if you install mods, then you can't uh, get all the achievements. Oh um, no, yeah. for you. Um, anyway, you have nothing to show for your hard work. Yeah, every time I play Fallout Four, it's always with the intention of just playing like a Fallout game, just like you know, playing the main story, doing some side stuff, companions, guns, all that shit. Um, but now that since I have all the DLCs on PC because of the Steam Summer Sale, mm -hmm. um, I really wanted to make my character just a solo. Like, I don't want to, I, I never touched, like, the assigning people to do this or do that or making sure happiness is to a certain threshold. Like, I've never given a shit about the Minutemen. And this is a whole other part of Fallout Fall 4. Um, I never gave a shit about Minutemen or helping the settlers. I only just made solo ones. So I went to the Red Rocket gas station and made a really sick house barn on top of it. That has uh, electric doors leading to super awesome gun armories and all this other stuff. And it was really fucking sweet. And it took me like four hours and I was super proud of it. But it got me thinking. I'm like, okay, after I've done this, now I'm actually going to play the game because I have a place to store all my stuff and come back. Sure. Uh, in the main story, I'm like, what am I, but who am I going to side with? I've only ever sided with the Brotherhood of Steel in Fallout 4 in like the few times I've played it. And I'm like, 
Okay, I can my, side with the Minutemen. No, I fucking hate all of them. Don't like Preston. I don't like his Sturgis. And I don't like Mama Murphy and her drug addiction. And I especially don't like Preston telling me to go save Selman every two seconds. I don't think... I don't think Mama Murphy deserved that label just now. I mean, it's the post-apocalypse. She's an old fucking lady who's, like, blind. Wait. Give her a uh, break. Give her her chair. <laughs> sits there and does her drugs. Was... So, I don't want to side with the man, man. Fuck that. And I was like, okay, the railroad. No, also all of them are boring except for Deacon, kind of, I guess. And even him is a synth, so it doesn't really count. So what, uh, I mean, big Fallout 4 spoilers, but what the, the, that George Clooney-looking guy in the Brotherhood of Steel, what's the fuck is his name? Dance. Is it Dance? He ends up being a robot or he whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you gotta bash his head in or whatever? No, like, I get into that. Uh, yeah. The Institute, like, snobby, pretentious pricks, especially everybody hates Father for a good reason. Yeah. Because he's basically just like, I know you're my parent, but also get fucked and leave, please. Um, so everybody hates Father. I'm like, every faction in this game is full of very unlikable people and very boring quest lines. Right. And, like, the Brotherhood of Steel is the only one that makes any sort of sense where they're like, we're here to kill, like, feral ghouls, clear out, like, the Institute because they're making fucking kidnapping robots. Well, who's... Okay. Well, Brotherhood of Steel is also killing synths, right? They would just indiscriminately... But I don't find that, like... You don't find that a problem? <laughs> Not really, no. Okay, well, that's... Because when 95% of synths that you mean in this game are hostile towards you, yeah, I don't have a ton of... The only reason that the non-hostile synths are non-hostile You're is like, because... like, the synths do all the crimes. No, Put them all in the jail. The only reason why, like, Paladin Dance or Nick Valentine or uh, all these other friendly synths aren't aggressive is because they're aware that they are synthetics. Except for Dance. Yeah, but he becomes... If you do that, if you do it right, he becomes friendly. Anyway, point fucking being, it doesn't even matter if I did have good morals with the institute or railroad. I just right. find them very boring in comparison, uh, because it's, it's very famous now for Fallout Four. But Fallout would never explain the institute. He would just be like, "It's behind, it's beyond your comprehension what we're doing here," and you never really get a real explanation of why the fuck they're replacing people in the wasteland or, or with synthetics. Yeah. Because you can't, synthetics can't breed with other synthetics. They can't breed with regular humans. So there, there's literally no point to doing this. So you can see it from Ghost in the Shell yeah, all over again. As opposed to like New Vegas, you go ask Caesar why he's doing this. And he's like, okay, sit down for five minutes. I'll give you an explanation about everything that's going on here. Yeah. Um, they are a shadowy institution and they're doing evil stuff and they yeah, don't want to explain yes, it to you. And I've, I've never been like in the, like the, hour or two I spend there in one playthrough trying to discover what the fuck's going on here. I have discovered that they didn't have any good... They made gorillas, man. I mean, I can't make gorillas, like, so... Great, but they're all robots. They can't make more gorillas. <laughs> like... Right. It, it's... 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 Like, if I replace you with a synthetic, it's not like I'm talking to Lee anymore. I'm talking with a synthetic who has the personality of Lee. Right. Uh, it'd be the same thing if you placed every human in the wasteland with that. It's not fixing a problem. You're... What are they trying to do? Yeah. I just thought they were swapping people out so that people... So people weren't going looking for them. Like, I'm going to kidnap you because I need you, but I'm going to replace you with a, a you robot so that people don't, don't get wise. It's just... It's all stupid. Uh, Brotherhood's the only one that has, like, their head on straight because they're just... Even if they don't have the greatest morals when it comes to non-feral ghouls or, like, you know, happy, good synthetics or whatever the fuck... <laughs> Uh, like, you can still see where they're coming from, because they're just like, no, like, this shit, like, shouldn't exist. So in Fallout 3, there's the Harkness, Digger Harkness, uh, mission, where you find that one guy, guy's like, I'm looking for my robot, and he thinks he's a person, he doesn't know he's a robot, and then yeah. you, like, say the thing, and then he realizes... He's a robot, and he's uh, like, oh god, I'm a robot! Yeah, and then, uh, the, they do that exact same thing with Paladin Dance, basically, in Fallout Yeah, so if you have enough charisma... Um, you can pass speech checks. Another dumb thing about Fallout 4, if you don't pass the speech check, reload until you do. Um, but if you pass with speech checks with the leader of the Brotherhood Steel, Maxim, uh, he'll basically be like, alright, I'm not gonna fucking tell anybody in the Brotherhood about dance, I'll make an exception in this case, but he's not allowed back in. Yeah. Like, he's literally just your companion who has power armor now. And, uh, you have to romance him if you're a girl. And you have to romance him? From what I remember, you have to. <laughs> And he is the worst romance what? because he's a very stoke. It's like Batman being romanced. You have to romance him to save his life? I, if you're a girl, that's what I remember. Because I only ever play girls. Like, I'll show you something worth living for, Dance. And then he's like, I don't have a dick. I, I should have known. Yeah, I think it's yeah. an easier way to get him to not, not kill himself, too. 
Anyway, goddammit, <laughs> let me finish. So if you romance and save Paladin Dance, he becomes, sure. like, creepy nice. Where, like, he still has the same voice and tone of, like, the very stoic military men, but he'll be like, it's a pleasure to see you, darling. And you're like, huh? what? It's like, you're very beautiful or some shit. And just killed you. Yeah, it's really fucking weird. It's very unpleasant. Yeah, I feel they 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 are very clearly going something for something with the synth and the railroad in that game, but they they, they, they don't they, achieve it. They yeah. never explained any of it. Yeah. Like, where was the one guy that was explaining, like, like, hey, we're going to hook up since with reproduction technology. Uh, right now, them kidnapping people is just a means to an end to see if they can blend into society. Eventually, we'll give them their own identities and right. unique personality traits. And hopefully, we can reproduce the human population and recreate society again. If they had that person saying that, great. If they had the person at the railroad being like, uh, synthetics are born with just a personality just like you and me. The only difference is, you know, electronic parts and body parts. We want to save them. Great. Right. Think of them like Arnold from Terminator 2. Right. Um, They're programmed one way, but they can learn. Yeah, the railroad also suffers from just, like, another, oh, another fucking rebellion faction. Like, yeah. who gives a shit? Uh, yeah, the Institute's not explained enough. And the Minutemen, like, they burn you well because Preston's just like, hey, thanks for helping me out, but here's another six fucking settlements you have to save. Yeah, hell yeah. And then you connect them all, and you can access your stash from any of them. Yeah. So great. Fall of Four uh, is at its best outside of the main story when you're experiencing small side quests and you can gather in a bunch of useful junk and stuff that you need to expand on like your own personal property. I mean, maybe ultimately you would like Fallout 76 based on that. Cause that's yeah. all you do in Fallout 76. And I was, and I was going to say, I did end up buying Fallout 76 just off the steam summer sale. So I immediately got it refunded and I decided this is a fun game. Like, I could see why people like yeah, this game, just, especially if you have, especially if you have people to play with. When this is back on Steam Summer Sale, I'll probably pick it up again. Uh, the Vats, the way they did the Vats, and everybody hated it at first because obviously they can't pause the 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 action if you're playing with other people. Yeah. Uh, but the way they they did it, and when you start, if you actually start to spec into Vats to use it, uh, is actually quite cool. Like you're doing it in real time, right? So you're still hitting Vats to lock on, and then you have all these different perks. So it's like. If I shoot him in the head once, my next shot's going to be 95% for sure. Or uh, I can sh shoot him in the leg with a railway spike and drop him down. My other buddy's a melee guy. He can just go kind of mop him up and stuff like that. Yeah. And the way it moves quickly is actually is actually kind of cool. I've got positive things to say about Fallout 76. Yeah, if it's a lot like Fallout yeah. 4 without the horrible choice between factions, yeah, it sounds promising. I mean, it does literally have like a settlers and raiders thing now in it, but it, it seems... It seems like we were reaching the point in that quest, because that was added later, uh, that you will have to choose a side, and one of them will start to dislike you, one of them will start to like you more. And it's it's to do with getting gold out of a vault, because we're going to we're going to kickstart the Overseer's plan, is to we get the gold, and then we can reestablish a currency in the Wasteland that fucking people are going to be using gold as currency is ridiculous. Yeah. That you just have a gold bar in your pocket, like pulling your pants down all the time, and you're just like... Well, I only have one gold bar, so I have to buy enough for it to be worth it. It doesn't make any sense uh, in the wasteland. Especially a limited resource that you can't easily get with the United States. Right. Bottle caps, on the other hand, yeah. they're everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah. Uh, anyways, what's funny in, in, in Fallout 76 is that it's only 20 years after the bombs dropped and people are already using caps. And that there's like robot vendors that were there from before the bombs dropped. They are also accepting caps. Uh, I think, let's not think about yeah, it. Yeah, that's one of those things where you can't think about it all too much. Um, there's a bunch of weird implications once it comes to the, the only 20 years thing. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I don't yeah, know. There's super mutants and dragons and stuff like that. Yeah, and people uh, are already like building like shack cities and stuff like that. Uh, well, what was cool about Fallout 76 is at first those areas were just areas, and then when they decided to make them into towns, they were suddenly just towns. Like, they just suddenly populated them yeah. overnight. Uh, so, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption online. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we both... Why? Why are we playing Fallout 4 and Red Dead Redemption online? There's so many other... Uh, so, Red Dead Redemption online is, is... is There's stuff to do in that game now in the same way that GTA has it. It's buried... Uh, under menus, not you're not really given a direction of what to do. There are the jobs to do. Uh, you can be a moonshiner, you can be a bounty hunter, you can be a trader, you can be a naturalist. Uh, naturalist and trader are opposing, as a naturalist involves like observing animals and taking pictures of them, whereas the trader uh, involves killing as many animals as you can uh, to trade. Uh, and then the we talked about this the 
Rockstar idea of, you know what's fun, fun multiplayer gameplay? You work for three hours to build up your trader wagon, and then you're going to go deliver it to make a few hundred dollars to actually progress in the game. And as soon as you do that, you become a blip on the, the map for everybody to attack. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like fun? No, it's awful. Uh, so people are just constantly finding ways to change the MTUs on their like servers and like try to get into a private server. But you can't use a private server because then those options are cut off. So if you intentionally play solo, which you can, certain things in the game are cut off from you because you cannot do them unless there is the danger of other players. Uh, so people are constantly trying to find ways to play alone while making the game think you are playing in a public server, which is ridiculous in 2021. Uh, for this game. However, uh, there is fun to be had. Again, it's a game... The game is fucking gorgeous. Like, let's talk about Red Dead Redemption. Like, uh, this is the first time playing in HDR and the weather effects and the fog and stuff like that in that game. Just blow me away it's still. It's so funny that HDR uh, is like a new thing. HDR is a new thing to me because I'm like, uh, who needs it? Uh, but it's 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 incredible. Uh, yeah, so working towards some goals in there. Uh, it, is a, it is a currency fest. It is you have three different currencies. They all do different things. Uh, kind of pick and choose where in this catalog what things you want what things you need you need a rifle for hunting like a proper rifle so you can get the perfect uh, hides and stuff like that which is important so all the little things that you used to role play in the single player as arthur are now basically the whole game uh, and what's really cool about that as well is that because the missions are based around a lot of people playing yeah uh the cutscenes show all your characters with all their gear and yeah, stuff, which is cool when i was playing uh, i had that and then the missions though are more open-ended because they're not doing specific cutscenes or character moments throughout. So we got into one mission where it was just like, you need to defend this town. People are coming from all directions. You can like set the townspeople up to like help you fight. You can set traps. You can do whatever you want. Find a vantage point, And then just straight up defend a bunch of waves in this town. Uh, like a classic cowboy shootout. And I'm like, man, Red Dead, the single player, didn't have anything like this. Didn't have anything where I'm like, I'm going to go on the balcony and shoot fire arrows down at these guys and their horses. And then I fuck up and shoot the balcony in front of me. And I like burn down this hotel uh, with me in it. And yeah. uh, we're all just having a good time. We're all just laughing about it. Um, yeah. It gave you the impression that it was, it gave you the impression the main story that was dynamic gameplay, whereas no, there's very specific ways yeah. to accomplish each mission. Which is which is the the that's Rockstar Games in a nutshell, right? It's just like you have the open world sandbox that the game is set in, but then you have the missions which do not utilize that at all and are very very linear. Yeah. Uh, I did a mission with three randos. And the mission was, we're going to go through the woods, you hit a bunch of camps and, and stealth kill guys, and then you get to the main camp and you kill a bunch of guys. I don't know if you've played a Rockstar game before, but this is like kind of a very common mission yeah. trope. Uh, so we're running through, and we're just sprinting, because it's four people, four players, we all have axes and throwing knives. Yeah. We're just slaughtering guys and running through the woods. And we get to the final confrontation, and a fucking guy turns his mic on. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. This is, I, I've played multiplayer games with randos in a long time, right? Hey guys... Can you stop fucking killing everybody? You're ruining the mission for me. And then another microphone comes on. And I swear to God, as a five-year-old kid is like, are you fucking kidding me right now? And then that kid intentionally sacks himself and we fail the mission. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, right. Online games. Yeah. Never changed. They, They've, like, imagine playing Red Dead and complaining that the mission is going too fast. That we're killing too many. We're killing too many guys. You're ruining the mission. Especially Red Dead a lot. Yeah. Then replay the fucking mission. The mission is to kill a bunch of people. You are killing them too fast. I'm not having fun. You are ruining the hey, mission. Dude, I legit had people like that in Destiny who were like, you're going too far ahead. We're getting transported to the boss. I'm like, yeah, you should be fucking thanking me. <laughs> That's the point. Like, don't you want to get this strike done so you could do it again to what's, get the things? What's the greatest thing in Destiny is loading into a rando group and they're already fighting the boss. <laughs> that's one less uh run i have to do as this class right to yeah. get my weekly bounty Not even if you're playing just one class like me like if you're just like the kind of guy that's grinding for loot one afternoon you're like yeah like if i get this strike down i can just do another one it's boon is what it is with an e at the end um you think uh, other than that, I started playing Monster Hunter Stories. I'm not very far at all in that. I'm not talking about Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin for the Nintendo Switch. I'm talking about 3DS Monster Hunter Stories. Practice. Yeah, I'm practicing. Uh, what? Uh, so, Pokemon... Have you seen Alan Iverson? Are we Who? talking about practice? What? No. What? Who? It's like... Iverson? Like the basketball? You claim to know old memes? Talking about practice? Yeah, it's it's an old meme. Okay, sure. Or they're like... Maybe I know it. I just haven't thought of it in fucking 15 yeah. years. Yeah, after the pod. Oh, thanks. I love being sent memes. <laughs> now send your memes to Lee yeah, at. Just... Uh, 
so we uh what else is there to talk about uh pick two is a pie cross game pick cross pie cross pick cross pick cross uh, it's, it's out on uh, Switch. It's about like $10 plus tax or thereabouts. Uh, what this game basically is, is Picross, but it's affordable. I don't know if you've seen the prices of Picross games, but they charge like, they're just like, no, no, no. You want these puzzles? You want this shit, don't Yeah, you? it's it's like charging for like a, a 300-page book of Sudokus or something like that. It's just like, no, no, you're going to pay top dollar. Yes, you can get them for free in the newspaper every day, but if you want a bunch in one place... Come on now. Yeah. Uh, so that, playing a little bit of that, uh, Skyward Sword, I don't know if I'll play, man. That is my least favorite fucking Zelda game. But oh. they took the motion controls out. I don't give a fuck about Zelda. Uh, yeah. It's, it's what a what a choice. What a, like, the 35th anniversary. What are we going to do? We're going to release a Game & Watch uh, that plays, I mean, it does play three Zelda games, which is more than the Super Mario Brothers Game & Watch played, which was one Super Mario Brothers game. Uh, and then Skyward Sword, of all fucking things, which they took... When they were launching that game, it was very important because that was around the time that they they laid out a timeline. Uh, so they were just like, "Here, here is that's, the official." That's yeah, when, that's when they released the Hyrule Historia. Right. Yeah, and they were like, "Here is more or less what we consider canon in terms of a timeline." If we had, if we were forced with a gun to our heads, which is the case, uh, <laughs> to say what order Zelda games come in, this is it. And what they decided to do was take Ocarina of Time. And make it a it make it the fork in the road, yeah. So that we can do bizarre Zelda things and explain it away that there are split timelines. So if if Link wins, this is what happened. If Link loses, this is what happened. And, and if Link wins yeah. but dies, then this is what happened. It was like if Link, yeah, no, it's like if Link wins no. and then becomes a kid and then goes off. So, that's no, like the I, I, I remember. No, I remember this shit. There was three. Okay. Yes. One, if Link dies, that becomes a Wind Waker and Don't Spirit Tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's one if. Uh, he wins and everything's normal, which is Majora's Mask. Remember, if he wins, he becomes a kid again. Which and then it, it diverges. Yes, yeah. And then yeah, there is the divergent one where yeah. that's the Twilight Princess Majora's yeah. Mask one. Yeah, yeah, where he won in the future, but that timeline continued after he won. The world's already destroyed. It's just that Gan's dead now. Too. Yeah, and then the one where he wins and Wind Waker happens is he becomes a kid and he leaves. He's not. He's not around. Yeah. Right. I no? said what Wind Waker was. What? That's the universe where Link lost. Okay. The world got flooded. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense because Ganon comes back. But it doesn't make sense in any fucking game because Ganon... No, but he's like sealed away, right? So like he comes back in Twilight Princess and he comes back in Wind Waker, which are... Twilight Princess is not the same timeline as Wind Waker. No, Twilight Princess is in the Majora's Mask timeline. Yes. Yeah, but Majora's Mask doesn't take place in Hyrule, so it's moot. It's just like... But it is the continuation of Ocarina of Time where... They all are, technically. Yeah, so when they did this one, the point (laughs) being... Is instead of setting something at the end of the timeline, they decided to do a, a prequel. Yeah, they they this is really, legend is past. <laughs> yeah, the issue there being <laughs> is that now now you with all the other links and all the other Zeldas, nothing was too important or mattered too much because this was one link and one Zelda out of hundreds potentially of the legends of Zelda. Now they're saying this is the first Zelda. And this is the origin of the Master Sword. So, like, this is the Zelda. Yeah, so, like, Jesus. this is the Link and the Zelda and, and the Sword. And the Ganon. Yeah, except Ganon's not in it. He's just at the end or whatever. They show his, like, origin story. No, he's, like, he has a different name through it, doesn't he? Yeah. He's someone else. And then he becomes Ganon. And then he becomes... He gets cursed or... I don't know. I never finished the game because it's fucking bad. Uh, stupid this is the game where, like, every time you picked up a rupee, it told you about it. It was like, it's a blue rupee. It's five bucks. And uh, you the, another the, it's like, it's a blue rupee. The it's Resident Evil fuck. curse. Like, yeah. if you want to pick up this ammo, it's like, fuck, when yeah. do I not want to? Only in Resident Evil, that's a, a pacing decision. Whereas in Re- <laughs> Zelda, I've sliced some grass and there's a bunch of different colored rupees. You're going to tell me what each one is? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Uh, and then the motion controls, which just, I don't, I don't miss um motion controls are great for vr obviously uh for for immersion anything else i was never like when people are like it's more immersive you're swinging your arm and he's swinging his sword it's like nope nope not at all in fact it takes me out of the experience more when because it's not working if the motion controls are, are being finicky or not working right unless, i'm immediately unless my sword yeah. it can't see yes. me on the podcast no you are you're doing some shit right now unless yeah. my sword is going precise exact movement yes. the way my hand's going then right. it doesn't feel right or natural and therefore it takes you out of that immersion which, which like skyward sword te- like tried to have it tried to have the wii motion plus right so when you but move, you can go like well you'd go like this and link would do more or less that uh but no it's it's uh, the 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 boost uh, controls are in this game, but you can play with a, a standard control as well. And of course, they've locked fast travel uh, between land and sky behind a, an amiibo, which is pretty Nintendo of them. Uh, <laughs> the the amiibo run the gambit, man, because like the Peach Wedding amiibo gave you full health, 
So in Mario Odyssey, as long as you had your Peach Amiibo there, you're just like, whoop, getting a little low on health. You just like the plant. It doesn't, it doesn't. So anyways, in Mario Odyssey, you end up with 162 lives because you just, you can't, he can't, I can't die. My <laughs> God. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, speaking of Legend of Zelda. You should get Mario in other famous video games where he's like, yeah, but I should. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, can you look for me? Oh, oh. 3,000 men in an instant. And one fucking cannon. <laughs> uh, Legend of Zelda cartridge sells for a record $870,000 at auction last Friday. But then on Sunday, a 9.1 or 9.0 or 9.8, oh, who gives a shit? Super Mario 64 sold for almost $6 million. That's fucking crazy. So the, Just go emulate it, bro. Yeah, yeah, come on, man. It's not find it cheaper. You dolphin emulator, dude. You got ripped off. Uh, no, but obviously this is this is stupid money. As I was saying to Nick earlier, it's just like this is everybody making their money off of their uh, like squeeze stocks, and they're like, "Fuck no, I'm inventing AMC right now." Oh, uh, I bet you are. Uh, yeah, and the, the, like this is this is dumb money after dumb money, basically. And you know what though? In a world where Pokemon cards and JPEGs. Any matter of garbage is uh, selling and uh, fetching tens of thousands of dollars. Why not video games, right? Uh, video games have long... There, there's so many video games that are of a certain price. Uh, the only thing close enough is, is sneakers. Nobody cares about those, right? Uh, like the sneaker market people. Yeah, the guys on Entourage or something. Like they have to ban Pokemon cards from targets because people are pulling guns and shit like that. We talked about that before. Oh, yeah. uh, so this is, this is pretty wild stuff. Story developing, let's say. Uh, Lost Judgment. Uh, the quick note on that game was a sequel to Judgment, which was uh, that the... shitty PS4 game. Shitty PS4 game. How fucking dare you? Uh, uh, with the Metal Gear Solid artist, but what? it was it. Isn't that Judgment? No, this is this is the Yakuza guys. Judgment. This is where you play. You might think it up. Uh oh 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 fuck! What is that? <laughs> last is that called Last Something? Yes. Yeah. Last. Last. Oh shit! I'll have to look it up later. No, that was the yeah. It had the Metal Gear artist, and it was just like some third person stealth shit garbage game, yeah. garbage game. Not to be confused with Judgment or Last Judgment, <laughs> yeah. uh, which was the uh, follow up to Yakuza from the Yakuza guys. So, like a dragon went RPG. Judgment was still the classic Yakuza format. Uh, you play as a new character, obviously, and now apparently that will come to an end after this next game because the likeness of the actor. Uh, and the company that represents them, the Johnnies, was not uh, privy to this game coming out on PC. And they are staunchly against that. And that his likeness will likely not be able to be used in any subsequent game. Meaning they either have to kill off the character or recast him. Or That's he, odd. Uh, yeah, so well, it's, are, it's money, obviously, right? It's, it's money related, but it's also uh, guarding the likeness of your of your talent sure but what's the difference between pc like i'll tell you being on I'll, PC? you want to know what it is yeah. because on pc you can rip the asset and then have this actor fucking conan o'brien from death stranding okay. that that's it or uh or tracer from over <laughs> 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 whatever you want to do uh except uh, time to understand trace tracer, tracer not too interested the in overabundance uh, of overwatch pornography <laughs> yeah there's too much uh there's too much pornography uh so that's that's apparently uh that's apparently it so Obviously, uh, talent agencies in Japan still very, they're cracking down. How they didn't know, though, is the weird, like, this game's coming out in September, and they're just like, oh, fuck, uh, you can't put that on PC. It's like, it's way too late. Like, you you signed the contract, uh, and that, that guy is uh, very famous in Japan, evidently. So they want to make sure that he's not fucking a CGI characters from other video games. The Chief, Master Chief's just giving it to him. Yeah, you don't want that. I need a weapon. Yeah, look up for me. Uh, Atlas teases too many Persona projects for the 25th anniversary. So in September, we're going to learn something about Persona. Uh, they are staffing up for presumably Persona 6, which could be, you know, years from now, sure. Uh, and it should be, yeah, to be honest. Be. Especially with SMT5 coming out, that's going to tie people over for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, what I was saying to you off the pod was, I think a big reason why Persona 5 uh, did so well, not just commercially, but mostly critically, is because there's so many years between that and PlayStation 4 that all the new changes and things they added were especially highlighted because yeah. we've been starved for a new Persona for so long. And when we finally did get it and there was new stuff, it was like, whoa! Yeah. As opposed to if you're waiting like a year for new Call of Duty, there could be the same amount of new stuff. It's not going to seem as exciting though because it's only been a year. Well, the Call of Duty thing is even weirder because they're alternating studios. So like you're playing a game 
while someone else has been working on the next game for two years, but it won't necessarily be influenced by the successes of this game. Yeah. So you're like, oh, that new thing they added was really cool. It was like the Advanced Warfare thing. It's like, oh, shit, I can juke and like semi-jetpack now. And then the next game that came out, you're like, we're going back to Cold War. It's like, it's like, oh, I don't take a... Hey, remember... World War II. Yeah. It's like... This guy from Brooklyn named I was Tank. <laughs> punching Kevin Spacey off a building moments ago. Uh, Advanced Warfare. I was one of the very few people who did. Uh, I liked Advanced Warfare as well. Yeah. But Infinite Warfare, I didn't play. That was the first Call of Duty I skipped. And I played Ghosts. So, yeah, I, I did not yeah. play the campaign for Ghosts or Infinite Warfare. Uh, ghosts and uh, Homefront, I get confused a lot because they have very similar settings. Shit. Except for Ghosts had the like uh topography destruction like there was like the tectonic plates were moving and like the earth was literally like buckling it's like you know call of duty military shooter the earth is being ripped up it all makes very basic stuff um anyways rainbow six extraction has been delayed riders republic has also been delayed so ubisoft continuing to push stuff back you know what's the craziest thing that ubisoft pushed back and never talked about again Mm -hmm. the prince of persia remake they delayed that thing, and it's been seven months without does a new mention. Does anybody want that? But, like, you're remaking a PS2 game. You're going to push it back a few months. Yeah, I get it. But now it's just disappeared from the face of the earth. Fucking execute, man. Or don't tell us about things before they're ready. Rainbow Six uh, Extraction used to be Quarantine. Uh, and they changed that name for obvious reasons. And uh, the, the monsters are now aliens or, like, zombie hybrids? I don't fucking, I don't fucking know. We need Rainbow Six games. Of Rainbow Six Vegas 3... Now, that would be the ticket. New Vegas 3. Yeah, Rainbow Six New Vegas 3. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played Rainbow Six Vegas, but like it was a... You you play as a SWAT guy, only it's a, one of those games where it's just, like, make yourself, like, dumb... Like, give yourself dumb weapons, put, like, dumb flames on, like, a riot shield and, like, uh, stuff like that. It became kind of funny because, like, you're this, like, ultimate... Uh, Army of Two was similar, I guess, where it's just, like, complete... You played Army of Two. Army of Two... Is okay. The third Army of Two, which I don't remember the there was Army of Two, Army of Two, 40th Day. Both of them were and, the, and then there's a third the one Cartel or some shit. Which was good because it had dismemberment. Uh yeah. Yeah, they were games. Uh, yeah, they they had stories, they had bad guys, and uh they had shooting, which is like New Vegas that was not New Vegas, but uh Rainbow Six Vegas. Uh it's just your SWAT SWAT dude fantasy. If you had access to all the munitions and tactical gear you could, what would you look like? <laughs> That's the game. Netflix is apparently making a Monster Hunter anime. And when I say anime, it looks like a CGI show. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. Whatever. The term anime has... has it's very been... It's been loosened up a lot lately. It's definitely opened up. Yeah. It's just like, yo, man, they're doing a new Space Jam. They got uh, LeBron James hanging out with a bunch of like anime Looney Tunes and shit. And, uh, yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah. Netflix also wants to add video games to their service within a year. If, they're, if their video games are anything like their uh, Netflix movies in quality... Just get Ubisoft. Yeah, they just never release anything. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Um, company hires EA and Facebook exec to lead the project. But I think video games. That's the first two that's the first two companies I think of. God of War's Kratos, actor to voice Black Panther in Marvel's Avengers. Christopher Judge is getting a, a big old check from Square Enix. I just remember the first time they revealed that game, they showed that little trailer that we had already seen... And then it was just like a couch of all the voice actors talking about being in in an Avengers game. But your their job, they're a bunch of famous voice actors, and their job is to give voices to these characters who we have watched in movies for 10 years. Only these characters look nothing like those characters. They're not written like those characters. They don't look like them. They don't sound like them. And it's basically just like, yeah, it's like your, your your stepdad's coming in. It's just like, yeah, it's going to be the same. It's going to be just as fun as it was before. I'll be your new dad. And uh, this game to, came To out. be fair, I never got, like, the... To me, anyway, the marketing was never pushed to me as this is the MCU video game or anything like it, that. It definitely isn't. It, yeah. it isn't. So I wasn't disappointed that they looked different or sounded different. Right. I don't give a fuck. But you would think... If you were making an official product... Okay, if they were smart. It. If they were smart and wanted to make a lot of money... Yeah. Absolutely. I think creatively, because the what they did, because those Sega movie tie-in games had likenesses, like Thor looked like Chris Chris yeah. Hemsworth and sounded like him. Selfishly, I think it's a better idea to do original shit anyway. So whatever, fuck. Yeah, but like, do your original shit in in lieu of it being something cool and different. But what they did was do that and then proceed to have a, a fucking lame duck of a I'm so done talking about Avengers. Fuck, it's coming back. <laughs> We're logging back in. SpongeBob. Nickelodeon. All-Star Brawl, baby. Uh, so the Nicktoons and then some 
uh, will be in a Smash Brothers-like game coming out, I believe, later this year. Nickelodeon, of course, owns the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so you can expect a few of them to show up. Uh, when this got announced, Nigel Thornberry was trending on Twitter, and I was taken aback. Uh, I'm like, well, that's the first time I've ever seen that trending on Twitter. Why would Nigel Thornberry be trending in 2021? And it's because he's a fighter in this fucking game. There was a Ninja Turtles Smash Brothers game called Smash Up that came out on the Wii and PS2. And uh, that was when Smash Brothers was at an all-time low with Brawl. Uh, so when this fucking Turtles thing came out, I'm like, you know, this is actually pretty good. And if this plays anything like that, I could see us playing some Nickelodeon Smash before uh, for too long. Of course, everybody's trolling online, just comparing all these characters and doing, like, frame breakdowns and stuff like that just for fun. And just being like, oh, Nigel's got this forward air and he's going to fuck it. Uh, so Powder Toast Man is in this thing. Uh, we've got uh, from Ren's to me. Oblina from All Real Monsters. Reptar from, uh, from uh, fucking Rugrats is in this. And more. Helga from Hey Arnold. Why not? Invader Zim, Danny Phantom, all your favorite Nickelodeon stuff. Obviously, they can put in a bunch of, of hidden characters and just have a good time with this. Yeah. And why should Nintendo be the only ones doing a Smash Brothers game? They shouldn't just own the genre. Shouldn't just be them, Reed. Anyway, Mass Effect. It's time to talk about Mass Effect. We yeah. we just we're just talking about the Rachni Queen, and now we're going to move on to the war assets and what they okay, mean. Okay, so yeah, what really pissed me off not only narratively about the Rachni Queen bullshit. Which was the war asset part. So yes. the war assets, when I saw it, and how they function with the minimum requirement, yes. essentially, to get one... I'm assuming you need to get a full bar to get the best ending or some shit. Okay, so I have questions about that when you get to the end, because what is the best ending? Okay, well, yeah, well, whatever then. So if I literally just have to meet that requirement, yeah. what you're telling me is, I just need to do things? It doesn't really matter which things I do. Um, as opposed right. to, like... Well, in the original game, you could just play multiplayer and get it to full bar. Yeah. You didn't have to do anything in the exactly. game. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to what I would have expected from a game like this where, like, you get a certain, like, sentence or two in the ending depending if you recruit the Rachnite or not. Um, which I don't think happens. Which won't happen. You know, which will not happen because the game doesn't care what you did. It just no. cares that you did something. Which I think should be the opposite. Right. I think the game should give a shit more about what you did better than how many things you did. They basically made every decision of yours worth a certain amount of points towards nothing. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it makes it concludes to me in my head that, oh, it's not going to be brought up again anymore. Even if I do smooth all our things between the Krogans and the Salarians, it's not going to be mentioned post-game because it's just a bar that I have to meet. And it's not like a requirement to... Like, I don't have to quarrel this... the. The I don't have to settle the quarrel between the Krogans and the Slarians to get these endings. I just like it helps if I do to get to this boost thing, but it's not going to be mentioned. So I was already like, "Kate, hey, that's fucking baloney." But surely, like <laughs> Rachnite, this decision I made two games ago that's carried through two games has been mentioned in all three games is going to be worth a lot of war asset because it's like, wow, you did a really selfless decision back in Mass Effect. You took a chance. Look, the, how, yeah, look how yeah. much, look how much it paid off for you. It gave me a hundred war asset lead. Okay. Fifteen minutes. Hundo. Yeah. The day before I did that quest, I did one for Arya at the Citadel. I did not have to leave the Citadel. I talked to three people there. And I just said, basically said, join Arya, please. And they all said, yeah, sure. After I did like one thing for them, essentially. I had three times the amount of war assets for doing that that's, thing. That's 100 each for each person you got to. In 10 fucking minutes. Yeah. Then it took... Then Save a race of aliens. Saving a race of fucking aliens from across three different video games. Yes. I, I, I was so blown away by that. Now... By how little they're giving to the decisions of those prior games. Only because they themselves made them seem important that they would go on, right? Yeah. But They're bringing attention to the fact that, hey, remember that thing you did two games ago? Here's the here's the resolution of that. If there was no war assets, though, and you were just playing for story or for resolution, would you care as much? Or is it because they're assigning a, right. a number? If, if they did kind of a Fallout style or even just a special yeah. cutscene in the end where it's like, oh, our rear flank is getting fucked up, yeah. fucked up, and then one of two things happens. If you yeah. didn't save the Rachni... Falcon shows up. If you didn't save the Rachni in Mass Effect 1, they all yeah. get destroyed and, like... Uh, it causes like one of your companions to die who is leading that back uh, sure. forces or something like Co that. Yeah. Yes. Or alternatively, you did sing a massive. They should save Rex because he was yeah. the one that killed they, them. Right? They show up and they're yeah. like, hey, this is the Rack here. We're going to save your back flank. 
you can proceed and not worry about it. Yeah. That because if one does not, it won't be that much to do. It's a special cutscene. Once you already have a million cutscenes in your game. Right. Two. And a lot of them are, are unique to what yeah, you chose. Yeah. Two. It feels incredibly impactful because you're saving a companion along with an entire auxiliary force at our rear. So it feels like okay, like I don't have any worries behind me. I can proceed yeah. forward. Saving one life in two games ago saved hundreds of lives here. Yeah. And that's way more impactful than just, oh, it helped progress my bar to get the endings. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it, the Rackknife could be worth 600 points. Like, yeah. like, fucking more than what I need. It could be worth 1,200. And it wouldn't matter to me because I want to see that impact physically, like, on screen, yeah. visually. Not just in points. Yeah. It. I would have loved the Rackknife to show up and start fucking up Reapers and being like, get my promise, Shepard. What up? And yeah. I've been like, sick. Or, like, even if it's just fucking intercom and it's like Shepard Rack Knight Rack Knight are on the phone patch them through <laughs> yeah. thank you <laughs> yeah. yeah and they're like we're here we're gonna save you what up and you see yeah that's what that cutscene's for uh, so that's what I'm incredibly disappointed about and I think that's a big reason why that Citadel DLC that you haven't played exists no. yeah because the if that sealed Citadel DLC didn't exist the only interactions you'd have with your prior characters would be quick meetings at the Citadel to be like Hey, what's going on? And they're like, hey, my life's kind of shitty. I got something going on, but like, you're too busy to help. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's every character that I met so far. I don't think all of that is in the in the Citadel though, because there's like a there's a Thane. Have you done the Thane thing yet? Yeah, I talked about the hospital. Okay, like, he's just like, yeah, I'm teaching instructions to people. That comes back around. There's more with Thane later. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying that. But well, Thane could be dead. You it, could have lost Thane. In right. I'm just saying that's yeah. that's why I think the Citadel party DLC is there explicitly because people are like. There's simply not enough interaction and cutscenes and talking with like right. these big characters that we spent two whole games with. Uh, the Silo DLC is the equivalent of that Rackdine cutscene I want. It's it's like, okay, you want just literally like impact More, your decisions. Yeah. Here's all the characters that you that you kept alive through all the games. Now you get to party with them. Yeah. That's great. Where was that shit with the Rack Knight? Where was that shit with all the other I want to party with the Rack Knight. Yeah, I want to party with the Rack Knight. <laughs> what, uh, you did the Leviathan DLC as well? So I'm mostly through the Leviathan DLC, and this is definitely the best part of the game so far for me. Yeah, and it wasn't in the game. Yeah. Just I want you to remember yes, that. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, like, if this was not in the game, I, <laughs> yes. and I still don't know anything about the Reapers and their goals or anything like that, so I, I still think I have, like, half of the DLC to go, because every time I do a mission, I usually go off and do something else. So I'm still waiting to see what happens with that. I'm still just learning, like, oh, everybody's being controlled. I rescued the daughter, and I have to meet her at the office. Besides that, I've... Just, Keeping it ambiguous. Besides that, I got Javik. I yeah. was surprised to learn that he does interact. Like, the other, like, the like the prior DLC character from yeah. Suspect 2, you don't actually talk to him. He just has ex expository dialogue. Uh, I've met Kasumi, Miranda, Thane... And Ashley on the Citadel talked to him, said, what's up? I recruited Edie. Sure. I recruited uh, Garrus. Uh, so the you, only... Do you have the choice not to? I don't even really consider it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, More the merrier. So the only person I don't have left, the only person I have to recruit is Tali, because you spoiled that shit for me. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so like there's... But that being said, there's lots of things I love about the story mode Mass Effect 3. Um, I love how many people are like, fuck Shepard, you were right. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, weird. I know. Yeah. Weird, right? Uh, I love the interactions between prior party members. You do, like, from what I remember, Mass Effect 1 and 2, a lot of party members, party members did not interact with each other, like, a ton. You got some elevator cutscenes and stuff like that, but there was, like, legit cutscenes of Rex being like, Garrus, thanks for having my back on this. And Garrus would be like, anytime, Rex. And he'd be like, yeah. Big muscly arm. And he'd yeah. be like, stop. Yeah, that's sick. Oh, they're friends. Uh, my friends. Yeah. yeah, like that. Like it's weird, small shit like that that I really love that they go. Uh, or like you talk to the Turian uh, representative, and he's just like, "Oh, Garrus went into the engine room. Something about calibration." So you're like, "Oh, he loves calibration. Fuck, that's good shit." Uh, <laughs> I think that's where their strengths really lie. Uh, it's really hilarious that they decided to like. They made Edie have like the most rock and bod oh, in yeah. the entire universe, and then James is like, "I want to fuck that robot." You're like, "You gotta get in line, yeah. buddy." Yeah, uh, you know the the strength of the the fucking series, uh, that trilogy is the characters in the world, in my opinion. Yeah, I would say uh, it's, it's weird to say, but like the Reapers are almost the most uninteresting part. That well, that's their fault. They 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 wanted a apocalyptic threat. Uh, and they're just like, right. It's, it's, yeah. it's, that's another reason why I love Master. I, I just think back to the collectors who are just like, 
okay, we came up with this apocalyptic threat and there's these giant metallic squids. But Shepard's like a guy or a girl. So the collectors, the collectors are like, pick on someone your own size. We'll just come up with a way that there is also just troops you can blow up. Because otherwise you're just fighting giant robots. Well, there's the Reaper troops in Mass Effect. Oh, the husks or whatever, right? No, and then there's Reaper Turians that are like, oh, okay. Assimilated. Yeah, which is like another big question I have. I'm like, what's your simulation? Because you're making a big human that's taken years in yeah. Mass Effect 2. No, that was just for scare tactics. Yeah. I think like, they so said, right? Like, we're just like, you know, we could make regular sized human reapers, yeah. but what if we made a big human reaper? And like, or, or make them so small that you can't even detect them. Can yeah. you imagine? Yeah. Like, Shepard's like, they're here. Yeah. And like, there's nothing. Yes. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out if like these squids were like, used to be species. Or... Well, I mean, play the Leviathan DLC is going to, yeah, I guess. going to show you. But yeah, um, I guess that's my process about the yeah. reaper conversion rate. Uh, but that's basically that's basically what's going on with Mass Effect yes. 3 right now. I'm probably going to finish it by the next pod episode. Sure. Uh, Liara just hanging out there, doing stuff. Yeah. That's Mass Effect 3, baby. Yeah. Uh, well, that game that game wraps up. Uh, there, there's the, the, the finale and stuff of that game. I remember being being quite good. And then the ending happens, which I'll be very curious to see what uh, you think of. So, at Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter. As you always know, uh, it's where you can find us on email. Questions, topics, send them if they're interesting. We'll put them on the show. Thank you for listening. As always, for myself, Lee, and for Reed. That's the show. Talk to you again next week.